Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment here while we bring on the Facebook fan family. Give us just a second here and we'll dive right into what was actually a very busy day. At Dove Valley, welcome in everybody to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was interesting today how much the focus was on, is Drew Locke the guy? So today we got to hear from, let's see, who did we hear from? We got to hear today from Vic, Drew, and Garrett Bowles. And then yesterday, it was published late, but so I'll say Tuesday evening, Elway did his weekly Elway access deal with the team site, talked about Drew Locke. And I want to start with what Elway said. I'll I'll grab the exact quote here in a second. But the bottom line, you know, uh, cut to what's it all mean is Elway said, hey, we're still excited about Drew. We want to see better consistency. We want to see him eliminate the mistakes. Yeah, I think that's the refrain from everyone, whether it's a fan, whether it's a teammate, whether it's a coach, or whether it's an executive like John Elway. Consistency and growth is the the Drew Law calling cards right now. That's the two words you associate him with most is growth and be consistent and take that next step going forward. And Again, Elway knows the plight of playing quarterback in the NFL. He knows the plight of developing a quarterback in the NFL, at least from the quarterback's point of view. And he sees a lot of himself in Drew Locke. So there's a natural emotional investment. Nothing he really said is too surprising to me. It's we, right there. We still like what we see in him. We want to see him get better going forward. It was the same mantra he was saying back in January and throughout the entire year. It really was. And I think what fans need to pay close attention to is Again, you know, it's easy to rise and fall with the fate of every single game and and go on that roller coaster, but it's a reminder that the Broncos have been from a from a macro perspective much more even killed through this entire process. And they haven't really despite the ups, despite the downs, and even Elway said today, Drew has had an up and down year. Through those ups and downs, Zach, they haven't really wavered in terms of their overall evaluation on him. He did detail pretty uh explicitly some areas he wants to see Drew improve, specifically I think these last two games. But let me just read this quote real quick, Zach, and then I will serve this back over to you. Here's what Elway said in terms of, hey, do you think Drew's showing improvement? You know, the last couple weeks we've seen him start dumping it off more and taking what the defense gives him. This is kind of how it was postured to Elway. 
Here's Elway, quote, yeah, I think we're seeing it. He's gone through his reads better. He's dumped some things off and continued to use the experience to get better. So obviously the inconsistency, that comes with being young, especially if you're young and you've got young guys around you like him, like we do. It seems like when they all don't play well, they do it together. Again, we've just got to work on consistency. I think Drew's had an up and down year, but we still like what we see in him and still think he's got a chance to be a very good quarterback in this league, close quote. Uh, you know what he's saying there, too, is it, the mistakes have made him better, and what that translates to is the hero ball you're not seeing anymore is because he's gotten better and learned from that. And the type of quarterback Drew is, a natural gunslinger, he shoots from the hip, he plays backyard football, he's never going to learn or progress by sitting and watching or by sitting and have someone telling him how to play the position that he knows and loves. He has to go out there and falter, Chad. He has to go out there and scrape his knee and get back up and keep running and keep going forward, keep firing those passes. And Elway sees it. Elway sees, yes, there are baby steps. It's even fetal steps, Chad. They're not even baby steps, but they are steps going forward. So if you don't take it from us, Broncos country, take it from John Elway himself, who's not just BSing you. He's not just saying what you want to hear. Locke, for all his faults this year lately, and might not show it, he's taken those steps forward, and it's tangible progress for a young quarterback. And it's a, you're exactly right. I mean, for Elway, I'm sure a big part of how he views Locke is through the, own, the scope of his own history playing in the league. I mean, we're talking about a quarterback, an ex-NFL quarterback, who as a rookie was so overwhelmed and just swimming that he was, you know, and he was razzed about this for years and years. And to this day, I'm sure he still gets razzed. So overwhelmed that, and and just like in over his head, he walked up and got under center under the right guard. And, you know, it's a hard thing to live down, but Elway's been through that. He knows kind of the trial by fire and the way it works. But I want to read one more over here um, that Elway said here. Bear with me one sec. Uh, quote, I think he showed that there are some bright spots there. And he's done a heck of a job in a lot of situations, but to be good and to be great in this league, you got to play with consistency and here's the highlight gang, eliminate mistakes. So that's what we're looking for out of Drew. Hopefully eliminate some of those mistakes and keep, there's another underline, showing us the things he can do, Zach. Yeah, it's all about, it all comes back to the C word, Chad, consistency. And that's in reliability. And it's almost like the development with Garrett Bowles, in a sense. It's the the entire thing we wanted to see from him going forward to realize that massive potential and hit that ceiling is be consistent, be reliable, be someone the team can count on and someone the team can win behind, not win in spite of. And for a while, Garrett Bowles was, they were winning in spite of him. Now this year, they're winning because of him. And to an extent, I know quarterback's way more important than left tackle, but that's what Elway wants to see from a young player. Keep showing us the positive things you can do and try to cut out some of the negative traits. I think it's a very fair evaluation. All right, guys, we have so much more to get to, including seeing what's on your mind. I see a few, a lot of people in the stream, obviously, but a few questions, a super chat or two stacking up early. So we'll get to that here in just a second. But first, we do got to take care of a couple of quick matters of business, starting with the sponsor of tonight's show, of course, the live stream sportsbetting.com, because right now gambling is legal in the state of Colorado, and you got to use sportsbetting.com for all of those sports gambling needs. Here's how it works. First and foremost, the selling point, sharp odds, low juice. You get that with sportsbetting.com. You get the hassle-free bonuses, which you can roll over after one time, as opposed to you guys hear us talk about it day in, day out. 
the other sites out there make you have to use it five to 30 times before you can catch that out. Plus, you get 24-7 live customer support. It's always a real person in the United States, which is crucial anytime you're dealing with anything that has to do with money. But the kicker right now at sportsbetting.com, and this has changed, gang, so pay close attention here, is you make your – they got a new special run. Uh, you make your first deposit, and then from there you're going to receive a 200% match up to $500 in free bet credits. All right, so it's a little bit different than – Play for a week, and uh, if your losses exceed your winnings, they match it up to a certain uh, dollar figure. This is $500 in free bet credits. Plus, you get a $25 uh, free bet credit to, to tip off the new NBA season, which is kicking off here shortly, and or I should say tipping off here shortly. Just as the Broncos are kind of fading out, the NBA is kicking in. So you got to go right now, sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle, and take advantage of that opportunity. All right, real quick, Zach, let me uh, just remind everybody how to connect with us on social media. I don't know, dude, if it's because I just got a new phone, for what it's worth, if, if you guys have been trying to holler at me on Twitter or at me, um, but I got the, the newest Galaxy Samsung Note. And for some reason, dude, Twitter, I can access my my uh, mentions, my DMs, but I can't access um, the, the actual tweet stream. So, Give me a day or two. I don't know if it's my phone, if it's the app, but nevertheless, connect with us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod at Mile High Huddle, and then my partner here, as you can see. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I, I always forget to turn this back on after I record with, with Kim here, as you can see on the screen. Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen, and then hey gang, uh, it's not too late to head on over to the merch store, get your your swag on, get a hat, get a T-shirt, as you can see here. Zach is rocking the very popular MHH dad hat. Love yes. it. And you know, hoodies, face masks, little something for everybody if you want. Very to comfortable stuff, guys. Very high quality. Fits around your head. I highly recommend it. Looks good, too. Appreciate also, it. Facebook right now, those of you watching us over there, uh, at the bottom of where your little chat is, you can put in your question and whatnot. There's an option to become a supporter. Click that button if you want to support what we're doing here because – we have some really big plans starting the first week of January for our Facebook community, our official supporters. And lastly, you know, if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store, uh, become a supporter, Super Chat, Superstar, any of that's all good. We're just stoked to have you in the stream. We do ask, though, that you do these three things because it's within the power of every person listening, watching this right now to do these three things. Number one, subscribe. Number two, like this video. Crucial on YouTube, crucial on Facebook. And then the litmus test is number three. If we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. 
Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Yikes, that was ugly, Broncos country. But let me tell you something that might help improve your mood. Coors Hard Seltzer is not your average seltzer. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Coors Hard Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. Never before has it been so easy to make a difference in the world. Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer, you're volunteering. Our waterways gang are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up, but through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Here's how it works. Each 12-pack of Coors Hard Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. The results? 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River, and that's just year one. For refreshing flavors, one cool cause, enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon lime, and grapefruit. And the specs are in, gang. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV. And Zach, it's only 90 calories. Chad, I like all the flavors, but personally, I had the lemon lime with me uh, today, and nothing takes the sting off quite like a Coors Hard Seltzer. It's my go-to for football season, non-football season, but after a tough Broncos loss, Chad, it definitely goes down a little better. So join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer. You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer, you help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It is that simple. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, John, I know we have a few people that have been patiently waiting. We There's, there's several topics we want to get to tonight, but we can kind of buy back and forth from the chat to the to the topics but we got jason christopher jumping in good to see you my friend thank you for the super chat he says wishing everybody at mile high huddle and the dedicated listeners a safe and merry christmas much love from las vegas nevada hashtag broncos country very sweet jason and merry christmas to you my friend and happy holidays to everybody we appreciate you Yes, no matter if it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, any holiday you celebrate this week, be sure you're happy, be sure you stay healthy and safe, and enjoy yourselves, guys, because this year has been so terrible, and this is a sliver of of good and wholesomeness that we can all enjoy. So thank you for your comment, Jason. I hope you have a great holiday and a great new year, and look forward to talking to you soon. Uh, David on Facebook wants to know, will Vaughn be back this year? Now, Zach, I know you're working on an article that's coming up here soon at milehighhuddle.com, so maybe – you know, break the news for those who missed the update today. I think those, you know, those who have a little more common sense realize Vaughn was never coming back this year, guys. I know you guys want to see him play, but it never made much sense to rush him back at his age, given what's at stake in the future and given his recovery with that ankle. It was never going to happen. And Big Fangio all but said it's not going to happen. He said he doesn't see it. Obviously not this week. It makes no sense that you bring it back for one game next week. So no Vaughn until 2021. But hopefully by then, Chad, all things being equal and him healthy, we see the Vaughn of old next season. You know, I'll be honest with you. I think the Broncos and Vaughn were keeping that open as a possibility, him coming back in 2020, but they were only going to roll that out playoffs, if it was yeah. going to factor into the playoffs. Yeah. And otherwise, I mean, if, if Vaughn was being told the entire time, uh, Vaughn, there's no way you're coming back. We're just not going to risk it. Even if you tell us December 1, 
You're perfect. We, we practice you a little bit. We work you out a little bit. You look good. We just don't want to risk it. It's 2021. Accept it. I think you would have heard completely different tonality from Bond on social media and also from the team. So they kept it as an open possibility until last week when they got bounced officially from the playoffs. So now, of course, a lot of scrutiny, Zach, and including from us and on this show over the next you know month and a half, two months is going to be, are the Broncos and Vaughn going to stick it out and, and stay married right. through his contract year? My prediction sitting here, you know, uh, day before, I guess the eve before, what is it, Christmas Eve Eve, I guess is the way to say it, yeah. is, that, uh, is that Vaughn is going to sign an extension and it'll be relatively short term, term like a, a deal that brings him uh, or keeps him in Denver through 2023, let's say, lowers his 2021 cap hit, gives him some new money to kind of mitigate the stings, not even a sting, but it just is something to help the team and he gets a couple new, uh, a couple extra years. Yeah, it's like when you sign a player to an extension, if they're on like a one-year type deal, it actually lowers the salary cap number going forward because you can spread out the cap hits, you know, and the back end of the deal. I think regardless, whether he takes a pay cut, whether he signs an extension or whether nothing changes, he's under contract. I think Vaughn is coming back to Denver next year. And we predicted Bradley Chubb is going to have a Bradley Chubb type season this year. So I'm going to go on record and say when Vaughn comes back next season, we're going to see the Vaughn of old. Maybe not 2015 Vaughn, but 2016, 2017, the good Von Miller next season. All right, let me grab something real quick here. Um, actually, John, let's grab uh, Cody Potter. If you if you have him, let's let's grab him real quick, and then I want to dive back into some of the things that Fangio said today. My stream is not quite there yet. Oh, look, we oh, it just jumped me. Dang it! Bear with me one second. There he is, uh, Cody Potter. Appreciate that generosity, my friend. Thank especially you, Cody. this time of year, it yes. goes a long way. It means a lot to us. So appreciate you, man. Was a true superstar here at MHH. He says, "Merry Christmas, MHH. Let's yeah. win uh, these last two. Hopefully, this offense can show a spark these final two games." My prediction: Denver thirty-four, LA thirty. I hope Judy gets two <laughs> on Chris Harris Jr. Mile high salute to you. And you as well, my friend, really appreciate you. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because, of course, Chris Harris was on – maybe he wasn't on injured reserve. I think he was, though, when they met in week eight. And so he's back, though, and as Fangio said today, he's playing really well. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Chris get one on, on, on Drew this week, you know, pick one off. But at the same time, you know, Chris is not the same player he was even three years ago, and Jerry Judy is as good of a route runner in the league right now as there is, even though there's some other flaws to his game, and especially between the years lately that are kind of preventing him from really reaching that potential. What's funny is he was on IR in week eight, but he still managed to blame someone, Chad. It's it's crazy how that happens. No, I mean, the, the thing with the uh, the Chargers secondary is they're definitely exploitable. And Chris Harris Jr., is is he, he passed his prime. He, he's never going to be what he was, like Chad mentioned, a few years ago in Denver. But I do think uh, the, it's a very winnable game for Denver, if only because they already beat Los Angeles once this season. I know Herbert's playing well. I know the Broncos are coming off a tough loss, but this is, and, and the Raiders game the following week, they're both winnable games for Denver. I would not be surprised, Chad, if they end this year on a two-game winning streak. Not at all. I wouldn't either, and I, especially because it's the Chargers, and uh, more often than not, lately, the Broncos have split with the Chargers. Uh, but, you know, and, and with the Raiders, but um, I think they can get to, and I think they're going to be really focused on getting to because, it's the only thing this team has to hang its hat on with the, what remains in the season. Chris, 24-year veteran of the Air Force, bona fide MHH superstar, 
and he's up there on the MHH Mount Rushmore. And I have a I have a uh, contact that I'm going to be working with here in the very near future to to kind of have an open document, but it's going to be a graphic Zach that we're going to put up on YouTube as the um you know the background channel. You know when you go to our actual channel, it's going to show up there on the background banner that's going to list the superstars on Mount Rushmore. Chris is going to be, and we can add to it as we go. Chris is obviously going to be one of the first names up there. Love you, buddy. And he says, Merry Christmas, MHH fam, and to you as well. It's so good to see you, buddy. Yes. Thank you, Chris. Happy holidays. Stay safe out there. All right. Let me grab something that Vic Fangio said today. Uh, Bear with me one sec while I pop this on the screen for everybody to take a gander at here. So when Vic, of course, the game against the Bills, that was on a Saturday. Instead of the usual very next day you get a press conference, they took Sunday off, and we heard from Vic on Monday. And Vic's tonality on Drew and really everything that day was kind of just bummer. You know, kind of you could tell he was, I don't know, disappointed, obviously, but just not giving you much, definitely not in any mood to err on the side of optimism in any way, shape, or form. Long story short, he opted not to – you know, um, Chris and Drew as the starter next year when given the direct uh, question and opportunity. But here's what he said today, because, of course, we in the media, we want to know what their thinking is on Drew. We want it for sure. We want an absolute rock solid answer. Is Drew your guy at least next year? And so the questions keep coming. And here's what what Fangio said today on what specifically Locke does that encourages him, the staff, Elway, that he can be the quarterback of the future, quote, He makes a lot of good plays, good throws, makes good plays with his feet. He's athletic, can avoid the pressure, can scramble and make plays. We just need to see more of it. Keep improving in all the little things that Drew can improve on. Nobody's working harder than him to do that. See, even that, Zach, is a compliment that we didn't get from from Vic on Drew the last couple of times he's broached this, this. This subject has been broached. Back to Vic. He has the great want to and the great drive to be a great quarterback. We just hope to see constant improvement from him, close quote. And constant improvement translates to what? Consistency. It's the same exact word Elway used and it's the same exact thing Elway saying. And all Fangio did in his answer that differed from Elway's is he laid out the good things that Locke is doing the same things that Elway referenced. He can make plays. He has the arm. He's proven he can win this league. They just want to put it all together and be consistent going forward. If he can do that, Chad, it seems like the Broncos are saying, listen, Drew, just string it together. Just make it happen. Be consistent, and you will be the guy. We want you to be the guy, but you have to earn it, and it's the only thing you have to do. It's almost a – it's a it's an encouragement challenge to him almost. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a positive approach to making him a better quarterback. I like it. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, so I want to also talk about something that Vic said here with regard to Justin Herbert. And, you know, I've we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, how a, a, a pretty large segment of Broncos country has been eating their heart out all year long, as Drew, as Elway said, has been up and down while other young guys are doing well, right, and crushing it. Kyler Murray started out hot, then he faded, seems to be kind of coming back on. Justin Herbert has been a steady, for the most part, stud. I mean, since he rolled out of bed and, and got his first opportunity when that doctor in L.A. botched the situation with Terod Taylor, Herbert has just been phenomenal. There's there's no way around it. And I've kind of downplayed it a little bit just because it hasn't come out in the wash in terms of wins. But this dudes he's legit. And I didn't like him all that much in the draft, but he's legit. I have to eat my crow on Justin Herbert. Here's what Vic said on his impression, Zach, <clears throat> uh, of Herbert. Quote, Herbert's having a great season. I'm very, very impressed with him. Big arm, big body, fast, strong in the pocket, hard to get down, has really run their offense with a great command. I think their offensive coaches have done a good job bringing him along. He's been very, very impressive. That's two varies. That's rare from Vic. Our secondary will basically align the same way it did last week. So that means OJ Mudia on one boundary, Bosby on the other, and Will Parks in the nickel. And Zach, as I serve this back over to you, Justin Herbert now is the rookie record holder for most touchdown passes as a rookie. Yeah, you know, I got to give him some credit, even though, you know, game flow dictates that the Chargers have to throw a lot, some more opportunity for him. And listen, this is Fangio. He usually credits an opposing player. He's a lot more complimentary on opposing players than he is his own players. I'm not shocked he's talking about one of the better young quarterbacks in a complimentary light. You know, that being said, though, the Broncos beat him already, Chad. So Fangio knows that he can beat him again. He's just, you know, he's saying the right things through the media that a coach would do. I'm just looking at this because, look, man, Peyton Manning and and Russell Wilson, I want to say, co-owned the touchdown rookie record uh, together. But in Peyton's case, you know, he had 26 touchdowns and what was it? I think 28 picks that year as a rookie, I want to say. I don't have it right in front of me, but something like that. Look at these – I mean, insane efficiency from this rookie. 66 and a half completion. He's going to get over 4,000, and he's only – he'll have missed – well, he'll end up starting 15 games. So he'll get over 4,000 in 15 games. And even right now, chilling at 27 touchdowns to just 10 picks, that's frightening, Zach, because if you put Justin Herbert as an example on a – I mean, the coaches, as Fangio said, in L.A. have done a great job developing him you know, yes. allowing him to hit the ground running, no doubt. But if you had, if you inserted him into a Kansas City Chiefs situation like Patrick Mahomes, um, balanced offense, studs at every level, defense, the whole nine, 
you know, this is a guy that you would probably fear almost as much for 10, 15 years as Broncos fans currently do with Patrick Mahomes. It's frightening. And the only, um, the only good thing to take away is that we know it's the Chargers and they're, they're bumblers. Let me just troll a little bit, though. It's nice that Herbert finally matched Locke's 2019 win total and only took him 13 games to do it, and Locke went 4-1 and one last year. Quarterback wins or wins in general are very important to me, and you can have all the stats in the world, but I, I want the winning quarterback. You know, that being said, though, he's played good ball this year, but he's had a pretty decent offensive line protecting him. He has two really good wide receivers. He has a good tight end. He has a good running back. And to top it off again, like you mentioned, you just hit on, is the coaching. And I'll venture to even say this, maybe not Anthony Lynn or the defensive coaches, but the offensive coaching staff, same thing you saw with Phillip Rivers there. Uh, they're just phenomenal. And if you put Locke with that coaching staff, I guarantee you, maybe he won't be Herbert or Herbert's numbers, but he'd be a lot better. Coaching makes such a big difference, Chad, and Herbert has it there in L.A. All right, let's grab, John, a super chat here the next one in line i'm not sure who's in line here but let's grab we'll come back to some of these topics there's jason let me see what i have in my order oh here we go stewmy with a super sticker really appreciate that my friend thank you very much always good to see you and we appreciate your support talk about a superstar stew meets up there zach he sure is just for the stickers alone chad it's always a uh it's always a journey (laughs) <laughs> absolutely absolutely all right let me see here where else there's there's quite a few things i want to get back to but a lot of great questions and super stacked up kenneth booker man we just uh we love you kenneth you're a stud we really appreciate you he's got a question for zach though yeah should we sign a woozy gay the corner down in dallas to replace aj Bouye? no and let me tell you why. It's because uh, Cheeto is a lot like A.J. Boye. Is He's a cornerback, two masquerading as a cornerback, one. And he's very inconsistent. Sometimes he makes a great play and a great pick or a great pass deflection. Other times he's getting burned, you know, 15, 20 yards down the field. I go, Chad, the young route. I'm drafting a young cornerback again. You bring back Bryce Callahan. You have Ojemudia. Maybe have Devontae Bosby. Draft a couple guys. Maybe sign, you know, a lower-tier veteran, but not Cheeto. He'd want too much money, and he's way too unreliable, at least for me. Shout-out to uh, John Libick, one of our Facebook supporters. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you being in the stream. Um, All right, so what do we have here? Man, just a really active chat so far. Loving it. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Stu, we call him Zeus. Everyone knows Zeus. Mick Peak in the house, and when we do get that, that uh, Mount Rushmore banner up, Stu, first name up there. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, bro. He's, he's telling everybody hello. And, uh, Stu, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Please give our best to uh, your darling family. Appreciate you, brother. If we ever print currency, Chad, like MHH currency, he'd be on the dollar bill. I mean, he's our George Washington. He's our founding father. We, we love you so much, Stu. Thank you so, so much. You know, back to the topic of, of Justin Herbert. I didn't really fully flesh out my thought on this is, you know, just because he's doing so well and Broncos fancy drew kind of going through the ups and downs, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you go, well, look, this is what you could have. This is what you do have. Toss this guy away and go do whatever you can to get this guy. Now, if you were in a legit position to maybe get Trevor Lawrence, I would have a different opinion looking at this coming up quarterback class. And I could be proven wrong on this in uh, you know retrospect when you, a year or two goes down the road. But aside from Trevor Lawrence, Zach, there's no one really in this draft 
that today I would, I would, you know, without even thinking hands down, take over drew lock in 2021. And so unless the Broncos have a better option than lock, you stick with lock and you continue to nurture him and, and develop him through that uh, learning curve and give him the continuity. And that's what I think is exciting is look, Justin Herbert is proving why he was a, a number six overall pick in a first rounder. He's one of those rare and it is rare. It's, it's becoming a little bit more um, common, but it's not a common thing. Quarterback comes straight out of the box and onto the field in the NFL and dominates and just blows it up. That's not typically how it goes. You know, you have to develop guys for a, a solid three-year window. And I still think, Zach, that given the time, giving the, given the continuity, that Drew Locke can get there. I think he still has the tools and, and the upside. Maybe not, you know, all pro, maybe not Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but he's a guy that can really help you win games and be a bona fide franchise quarterback. He has that potential. Now, that doesn't mean he'll reach it, but I think the Broncos, faced with not really any obvious and evident opportunities to upgrade the position, that's, that's why you're going to see them continue with Drew one more year. And the thing with him is winning. It's not just potential or theoretical. He's proven he can win in this league, Chad. So, uh, I mean, you have the the bare bones and you have the mold of the clay to make a franchise quarterback. And I'm in agreement with you, and I'm a big Drew Locke fan, as most of you guys know. But I got to be honest, watching Zach Wilson yesterday, I mean, he was pretty phenomenal. And I, I would really put him as QB2 in this draft class over Jake, uh, over Fields, over Trey Lance. He really... I would not even put him that much below Trevor Lawrence. He really impressed me yesterday. He just has that it factor. He almost is like a Drew Locke on steroids. The throws he was making, the tight window throws and the arm talent and that natural charisma, I no matter where he ends up, if it's in Denver or another team uh, next year, I'm going to be watching Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be a tremendous pro. I like what I saw yesterday a lot. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, so we got one real quick. Special request. <laughs> Here y'all go. You ready? You got to torture this man. <laughs> He's been through enough. Here you go. All right. <laughs> Let me do this, yo. 
Let's do this. Oh man, I can't. Okay, hey, John, you want to tag tag in for me? Let's do this. Come on now. Broncos and Christmas. What do you, you got? Your mask on, on What's that? Socially distant uh, Christmas. Got your mask on. Okay. When I go out into the world, all right, I walk into Walmart. This is what I have on, and they say, "Sure, <laughs> mask." I say, "Mask." This is it. Year round. All right. I'm going to take one or two questions with the Santa beard. I don't care what anybody says. Okay. This is a professional podcast. All right. This <laughs> oh, is illustrated. This is how we roll. Okay. Andy Young. Good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate you uh, hopping in on, on super chat. We appreciate the support. Um, I'm checking my <laughs> list twice here. It looks like you are on the nice list. So oh, expect some, some pretty big things on uh, Friday morning under that tree dog. He says, I like Locke. But his middling success will keep us drafting nine and fifteen, nine to fifteen every year. You can call it QB purgatory unless we can bank on a top ten defense every year. He needs to pop in year three. Zach, I agree. He has to pop. And if he doesn't pop, it's probably gonna spell curtains for Elway, Fangio, uh, and that's that's it. You got that right, Saint Nick. I'm I'm fully in agreement with you. And I, you know, I wouldn't say he's a middling quarterback. I wouldn't put, and maybe you can call me a homer. I saw one of the comments uh, recently is, I was a homer because I want Locke to do well. No, I want the Broncos to do well. I don't want Locke to do well or any player in particular. I want the Broncos to. But it's unfair to put any labels on the guy, with not even going into his third season yet. He's still a young quarterback going through the progressions. They can win with him. You've proven in games, no matter the opponent, whether it's Miami or Carolina, if you have the right game plan and the right coaching, you can win with Drew Locke. That's all we're saying. It can be done. All right, check the record. It has been done. I keep lists, okay? I know who's naughty. I know who's nice. <laughs> Drew hasn't been straight naughty. He's he, There's been some nice games, all right? I'm thinking week 14, Houston Texans. I'm thinking same week, right? It was week 14, yeah, against, against Carolina. All right, last one. From St. Nick here, all right? Matt Katz jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, love the podcast, guys. Appreciate you. If Locke and Shermer mix as well as oil and water this year, is there any OC out there that can fix this? Zach, as I serve this over to you, I actually, the more I've kind of marinated on this topic, I've, I've, I've kind of worked out some of my hormones on the issue. I'm not as rock solid that it has to be Pat. Because the more I watch the All-22 in the film, like you're literally seeing Pat Shermer run more Rich Gangarello-type looks and scheme and boot action and things. They should have just kept Rich. Even Shermer's going, man, Drew is a better fit for that scheme than what I've rolled out for him so far. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to kind of come around to the possibility that it might not be the worst thing to no. bring in another O.C., Really? Might not be the worst thing to replace Pat Shermer. I, and to answer the question, any any young mind that's in tune with today's NFL and in tune with the type of quarterback Locke is, it doesn't even take experience because, as you just mentioned, Scangarello was a rookie coordinator. He was a 40-year-old guy who was a career underling, and he finally got his chance in Denver, went 4-1 and one with Drew Locke. And, again, he wasn't perfect, but the, the creativity, and like you've mentioned before, his teaching, Chad, his mentorship at the quarterback position, he was way more of a quarterback whisperer and a quarterback guru than Pat Shermer ever was. So I was of the mind when they fired him, I was like, that's way too impulsive, it's way too knee-jerk, and it comes around and it ends up biting them. In terms of candidates, though, I mean, you see in the NFL what a young offensive mind can do with any quarterback. Look at Stefanski in Cleveland, look at Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, um, look at Joe Brady, even in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater. 
Kellen Moore in Dallas or Dak Prescott. These are all common denominators. You match a young quarterback with a younger offensive mind. These are all younger coaches. A 58-year-old Pat Shermer who stuck in 2005 is never going to jibe with a quarterback that's playing in 2020. So I'm of the mind, you keep Locke or get rid of Locke. I want to get new coaching staff on the offensive side in this building. I want a new mindset in the building. The problem is where I where I do come up against a little bit of a limit on this topic is I wouldn't want to just change for the sake of change. Like similar to yeah. Drew, if you don't have a clear cut superior option, then you stick with Drew. And Zach, you know we can we can do some research on this and provide some better um, you know some better options out there in terms of quarterback coaches around the league that might be in a, in a system ready to move up. And because here's the thing, not. You, you can't just look at, say, Carolina and say, I want Brady in Denver. He's got an offensive coordinator job. He's not going to move, and the, and the Panthers wouldn't let him unless he was fired. It's a, which It's a lateral move, too. Yeah, and so you need to find that next up-and-coming wave, and you look at the quarterbacks. It really starts at, in the NFL anyway at the quarterbacks coach level. And then, of course, you look at uh, Division One football You know, head coaches that have an offensive kind of mindset – so, you know, we can start looking at some of that, but I'm I'm willing to bet money, Zach, that when John Elway sits down and on his end of season press conference the Monday following the season finale, he's gonna have Vic Fangio sitting next to him, signifying and, and symbolizing that we're sticking with Vic. And they're gonna sit up there and say, No, Pat's our guy for twenty twenty one. Uh and it might just render the whole point moot for us. But we'll we'll start looking into it and give you some answers here. Dennis Woods. Rocking the same dad hat that you see Zach sporting right now. Appreciate you, Dennis. He says, uh, just want to uh, wish a Merry Christmas to the whole MHH family. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being from Michigan. We really Thank appreciate you, Dennis. that. Merry Christmas. Love you, buddy. Superstar. I do miss you on Twitter. I know you got your beef with Twitter, and I know why you have your beef with Twitter, and I, I really do feel you on that, Dennis, to be frank. Uh, but we miss you, all right? What can I say? Pobby, wow. Amazing. Very um just very generous. Thank you, Pobby. We love you. We appreciate you. Another MHH Mount Rushmore showing the true colors. And uh well, she says, Happy holidays, MHH family. Hope 2021 will be better for each and every one of us. Yes. I think yes. it will. I think it will. This was a weird outlier type of outlier years to end all outlier years. So good times ahead. Nowhere to go but up. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say it can't be worse, but yeah, as we proved this year, I mean, it's, it can always get worse. So thank you so much, Bobby, and uh, your interaction with us. Is, it's why you're the princess, and I see we have another contribution from the queen of MHH. It's you guys that keep this whole thing spinning. It's you guys that make us cheerful and make us merry, no matter if it's Christmas or year-round. So thank you so much, Bobby, and happy holidays. Much love. There it is. The queen of MHH jumping in top rope as well. Christy, we love you. Appreciate you. This is just phenomenal. Yeah. It just blows us away. The support Amazing. we get from, from uh, the superstars in our community. She says, hope the MHH fam has an amazing holiday and a very positive outlook on the new year. Love you guys. And this awesome community, you guys make this chat what it is and keep MHH on the top. Thank you guys. And Merry Christmas to you and your families. Hey, you as well, Christy, yes. seriously, you know, we're, uh, we're seriously lucky and grateful to have a community that we do. And you exemplify that in a big way. Yes, Christy. And you're so inspiring. Anyone who doesn't follow her on Twitter is missing out. She's such a, a positive and compassionate and, and loving individual and just a, a great soul to have on this planet. And we love you so much, Christy. Thank you so, so much. 
Yep. And seriously, I mean, I was I, I thought about wearing the the Santa mask, and then I totally forgot about it. So I miss it now. Like shout out. I would I would rock it through the whole thing, but the glasses <laughs> fog up, and then I can't see. It looked like you had like Botox because the thing was pulled down. It looked like your eyes were swollen shut. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Kenneth, I don't think so. Kenneth Booker again. Thank you, bro. Hey, does Chris Harris get into the ring of fame? Excellent question. Excellent question. You know, we talked a little bit about this, Zach, when it became evident he was, uh, you know, he was, he was going to hightail it. Push comes to shove, I'm putting him in there, and not just because he's a four-time Pro Bowler as a Bronco and a world champion as a Bronco, but because his story is so unique. It's not, you know, we have of in recent Bronco canon, we have some really uh when I say marvelous, I mean the true sense of the word. It's it's, it's something you marvel at. Undrafted rookies doing big things like CJ Anderson, Shaq Barrett, although most of his big things came after, he still contributed to a world title played in the Super Bowl, um, Philip Lindsay, obviously. But Chris Harris, it's him and Rod Smith that sustained it. You know, some of those other guys, <clears throat> they were either flashes, kind of flashes in the pan. Not flash in the pan, that's that's being a little too dismissive. But guys that, you know, that it was like two, three-year spurt, and then it kind of fades and they move on. Chris sustained it for nearly a decade. And so I think that puts him – in the ring of fame when the time comes. Like I would, I would, if I was on that committee, not only would I vote to put him in, but I would tell you even now as someone who who covers the team, I think when that time comes, Chris Harris is a pretty safe bet. He'll eventually get in, get into the ring of fame. Well, based on his resume, he, he's definitely deserving, but let's look at the way he exited Denver. He didn't just like bow out gracefully. He didn't just retire. I mean, he left over money. He made a big stink about that and, and caused a lot of dissension last year and then joined the Broncos division rival and wants to play them twice a year and beat them for vindication. It reminds me a lot of the Al Wilson saga in Denver. Great player, but there was a, a falling out between front office and player that kind of uh, – exacerbated the ring of fame and bringing him back in the fold. I can see him getting in one day, Chris Harris Jr. He deserves it, but based on the way he left Denver, it could be a drawn-out process, I think. Yeah, but a lot of times, you know, that fades. You know, time heals all wounds, and Elway's getting up there in age, and he's – whatever beef he has, it's probably mostly with Elway. But, you know, one thing real quick before I forget is – you know, John wanted to say thanks to everybody as well. And a shout out to all the superstars and the entire community. You know, this is, uh, you know, you'll hear from us again in the year 2020, right? Zach and I will be back um, together on, on Sunday for the rapid reaction and the gut reaction. Zach and John are going to be holding it down tomorrow night. We did a poll. And even though the majority wanted a Christmas Eve and a Christmas podcast we're, we're going to stick with just christmas eve this time around last year we did podcast on we did stream on christmas but just the way with schedules are lining up uh different families different things we're going to stick to thursday night uh christmas eve it's going to be zach and john so i'll see you guys on sunday but john just wants to you know and you'll get a chance to talk to john tomorrow night but he we'd be remiss zach if we didn't convey john's regards to everybody as well yeah, he's such an integral part of this process, Chad. I mean, he helps us out tremendously, and he's a big uh, figurehead in Broncos country. So follow him, guys, at John K M H H. Great guy, great follow, great Broncos fan. BG, another top rope oh. cat. And, Brian, every day when I tweet out the superstars and I, and I type in your name, I'm always like, man, I wish Brian was on Twitter. Get on Twitter, dude. Connect with us, and let's, let's keep the conversation going there. Do but it. 
BJ, uh, BJ, BG is another superstar guy that, I mean, seriously, an OG here on the, on the huddle up podcast. He was one of the guys that really just showered us with support when we started doing these as live streams. Cause we've been doing the huddle up podcast for years and years. And then we started doing it live, right? A lot of, you know, this story, but we started doing it live uh, to kick off the 2019 NFL season. And BG was one of the guys that showed out day in, day out. He's currently the the individual record holder for the biggest individual super chat in a show. And so BG, you just keep it coming, dude. And we, we love you. We appreciate you. And he says, honestly, I don't care if we win the last two games, as long as Drew plays well, but I honestly can see us going after Matthew Stafford. And I would bet the Broncos at least look into Dak Prescott if he decides to leave. But do you guys think they even inquire about Stafford? Hmm. That's a good question. It wouldn't stun me to 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 learn at some point that that he made a phone call Elway just to check, but cost, uh, return on investment, all that stuff. It would really have to line up because I think they still really do feel good about Drew. It's yeah. just a matter of how much growing pains. You know, it'd be a different story, Zach, with Drew. I think altogether, if this was 2016 or 2017, you're a couple years removed from the Super Bowl. And instead of it being Brock, you know, defecting and then moving on to Paxton and that failing and having to rely on Trevor, if you went from Brock defecting <clears throat> to a Drew Locke regime starting in, in uh, 2016 or 2017, it would be different, I think, for fans and the team, you know, because you're like, all right, let's nurture him through the process, give him time. But now that you're presiding over this many seasons without the super, uh, without the playoffs, and in fact, you know, this is something Luke Patterson talks about quite a bit, the fact that, the Broncos are now the first team in NFL history in the Super Bowl era anyway to win the Super Bowl and then miss the playoffs the last five years. So I can see why the reason I, I I'm kind of going a little bit of a tangent here, but the reason why I go through all this context, Zach, is that maybe that because of that Elway does check in a little bit because he's feeling that urgency. But at the same time, you've gone this far. You've put in this much work. Do you really want to all of a sudden turn tail on that? Go back to an old model that you know hasn't right. worked for you and then see it blow up in your face at an even more catastrophic level. That was exactly my point. It, it's not a question we can really answer because it's not a, a question that Elway has even answered for himself yet. And that question is, do you want to go the young route or do you want to go back to the old route? Do you want to have a rental like a Stafford or do you want to keep developing a young guy like a lock or insert name here for next season? And I, I, I tend to think after the disasters that were Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, Elway sees around the NFL, he's not stupid, that it takes a young quarterback, preferably a dual-threat quarterback, to succeed at this level. So, gun to my head, I don't see Matt Stafford coming here. Unfortunately, I don't see Dak Prescott coming here. I see Drew Locke or another young quarterback starting next year, and that should be the way it is, Chad. You're never going to win a title with Matt Stafford in Denver. You're not going to win a title with Matt Ryan, who's proven to be a, a choke artist in Denver. You need a young quarterback, and I think Elway has the right approach. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me, to be honest, to see Matt uh, Matt Ryan um, go from Atlanta, like if they were to move on from him and he lands in the right situation to have kind of a Kurt Warner-esque second wave of his career on the back nine. Um, because, again, I'm with you in terms of he doesn't interest me for Denver, but this is a guy, former MVP of the league, right? Multi-time pro bowler. The yardage and the stats he's put up consistent every year, but – when the rubber meets the road and the chips are down, more often than not, he's a guy that you know just can't quite get over the hump. Now, in Kurt Warner's case, it's not quite 
analogous because, you know, Kurt got to the top of the mountain really, really quick with the greatest show on turf and then kind of fell off and came back and got close again. So, you know, Ryan's never been to the top of the mountain, right? He's never, he's never summited that particular. He was close. Um, he came close, right? 28-3. <laughs> came close. But isn't he also like 38 right now? So how many years does he have left? I mean, he's getting up there in age. And you mentioned the yardage and the MVP. Wasn't most of that under Kyle Shanahan or the majority of that? That's the guy who seemed to coax the talent out of him. Uh, the MVP season was under Shanahan, but he hasn't played for the – it wasn't a majority of time under under um, – Shanny, but look, he's he is. Let's see here. Where's his age? Why isn't it showing me his age? It usually shows me the age on Pro Football Reference. That's weird. But get this, okay? This cat. I'll just show you a quick share uh, share screen. So we're and by the way, Muhammad M H H Mel. Oh, he's thirty five, going on thirty six. I was wrong. Okay, there you go. Thirty five, going on thirty six. Muhammad says, hopefully one day our offense will have the right coaching. Hashtag stay great. Um, you know, I talked to one guy earlier this week that's former former uh, Division One college quarterback, um, and he's like, you know, when I watch Pat Shermer's offense this year with Drew, it almost feels like to me that it's like a dialed back version of what Pat Shermer's offense, like it's pared down because they didn't have enough time to install all the little things and, and whatnot. And that's like his theory. And I can see that a little bit just because there were OTAs, but still I I think so far what's proven out in the in the film is that it's just simply Locke doesn't seem like he's a good fit for Shermer or you know, the other way around. Shermer needs to scheme more to to Locke. And you're starting to see him do that more. Like I mentioned earlier, you're seeing him start running a lot more concepts that are that are look a heck of a lot more like Skankarello, a lot more two tight end, stuff like that. Um, which is just ironic. It, it took the man 14 weeks to, to dial up a screen pass, or it, it took the guy 14 weeks to coach Locke to check it down for now and then take the deep shots down the field later on, and it proved successful. And so what does Pat Shermer do the following week? No deep balls at all. Goes completely away from that. And I agree with the premise of what that what that former quarterback was saying, Chad. It, it seems like Pat Shermer is stuck in the 2005 to 2010 NFL like he was when he was with the Eagles. And it's just not the NFL anymore. It, it, the game changes really fast, really rapidly, and you have to have the mind to keep up. The game, to me, has passed Pat Shermer by at his age. Uh, Eddie here jumping in. Good to see you, my brother. Superstar. He says, is an offseason with Shermer going to make the difference we want to see with Locke? I just want 14 back, uh, Sutton, uh, Judy to catch, catch. <laughs> Locke not to throw off his back foot, and a healthy defense. Amen. You know, that's that's what uh, you're hoping for in, uh, in 2021. And you know what? I mean, those are all doable things. But to go on to my last point, why hasn't KJ Hamler got thrown a bubble screen? Why hasn't he been involved in a jet sweep? You, you want a coach who's going to use the talent. Otherwise, it's pointless. It's like putting cinder blocks on a Ferrari. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. It looks good and you have the... You have it there. You just can't do anything with it. It's not practical. I just want a coach that's going to maximize the talent. Because you know what, Chad? Record notwithstanding, this Broncos offense has talent. They have players that can do some damage. They're close, man. They're close. And it's just the little things. And in some ways, you know, those little things, you're like, well, how do you how do you bridge the distance? Like, how do you bridge the gap of these little things? And in some ways, it's just sometimes teams get lucky and the stars align and you know, in the in the Broncos case, because I think they got so lucky with the Peyton Manning sweepstakes and then having that four year reign and all that, it's almost like the football gods are are making them earn it back. There's no more benefit of the doubt, man. If you you're we're not letting anything fall. No domino is falling without you making it fall. And uh we'll see how we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, it's just the scheme in the quarterback. Because as Zach said, the talent is there. It's there to be utilized, it's there to be capitalized on. It's a matter of this OC and this quarterback getting on the same page. And I think it's more of this OC going, look, I have to figure out and do a better job of fitting me and my philosophies and what I want to do to Drew. And let's grab Zachary real quick. Love you, buddy. Talk about a superstar. MHH, Mount Rushmore. Congratulations on your new podcast. Really cool to see that going on. I don't remember the name of it, though, because the last post I saw, you you were putting out ideas for names and stuff. But Nevertheless, dude, congrats. That's really cool. He's, he's got a little pod going with uh, with Duke and Terry. So congrats, my friend, and Merry Christmas. He says, in my opinion, we just need patience with Locke. He has the potential to be the QB. We just need to give him consistency. He has had six offensive coordinators in six years, so we need patience. Hashtag Merry Christmas family. I think it's actually one, two. I think it's five and six. He's had five and six years. He had one coordinator for two years at, at, at Missouri. And then everything else, it's been a new guy every year from there. What's the difference if it's six and seven years then? I mean, he's used to change. He's used to turnover. And I'd rather, you know, I'd rather make one more change and say, okay, Drew, learn one more system. But this guy is going to be the right guy for you. This guy will maximize you. I think he would sign up for that, Chad, pretty fairly easily. All right, we got one here from a superstar in our community, Jeff C. Tonight, man, the superstars are out in force. We love it. We appreciate you guys. He says – uh can we get Judy off Twitter for now? Shake my head. Let me see. John brought this to our attention earlier today. Uh, again, Twitter's been weird for me since I got my new phone. Um, so I appreciate John keeping me in the loop here. But let's take a look at what Jeff might be talking about here and John. I'll bring it up real quick, and then we'll, we'll move on. What are we at? We're at 50 minutes, so we got to kind of move quick after this. But uh, Judy's most recent tweet from three hours ago. Uh, he says, if you've got more, if you got more following than followers and your face isn't 
on your profile picture. Don't waste your time trying to argue with me. You're a nobody. Please and thank you. And then he replies to himself, except for the nice ones, LOL. And then he replies to himself, they only love you. Oh, no, that's not a reply. This is a separate tweet. They only love you when you are at the top. And then he does a little 100, three hours, uh, about the same time. He quote tweets a Sports Illustrated, excuse me, uh, meme that quotes uh, Juju Smith-Schuster that says he's changing his pregame routine, dancing in the midfield logo. He's not doing that anymore. Jerry says, prime example on how the media turn on you. Man, been doing it all year. Since they lost three straight, now it's a problem. LOL. It's naughty word. Uh, poop crazy, okay? <laughs> that dude's on the naughty list now. He's not He's not getting that, that gift I had in mind for him. Uh, Zach, you're th- I mean, the, to me, this isn't anything too nah, too nah. gnarly, but this isn't like it was a, couple, uh, a week and a half ago. I mean, he's not doing anything malicious. I, I mean, again, guys, this is a 21-year-old kid. He, he's still young in the human sense of life, not just being in the NFL. And he's had a tough year, and he's right there with the juju thing. He's developed, He's um, defending a receiver, and that click, diva receivers, it's such a tight community. They're, they're all alike. They're all cut from the same cloth. You don't want to see it, Chad. You know, it, it adds to the kind of up-and-down season he's had, but it's nothing uh, worth chewing your fingernails over. Broncos2447 on YouTube says, Zach Wilson all the way. And I'm a huge Drew Locke fan, but Zach Wilson is further along right now. Look, you say that, all right? But you got to look at the at the competition BYU's been playing. Like, I think Zach Wilson is an interesting quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I do like him. But to say that he's farther along than Drew Locke, dude, remember, Drew Locke, all four years in college, SEC, dude, that was the level he was going up against. And trust, I mean, if you're in the SEC and you're not built with one of the high recruiting schools around you, if you're not Alabama, excuse me, Florida, LSU, Auburn, you know, depending on the era, you're you are walking into a buzzsaw more often than not. Zach Wilson, he's playing out in like La La Land, independent country, drawing pretty easy competition out there. So. Be careful saying that Zach Wilson is farther along than Drew Locke. That doesn't mean Wilson won't come into the league and be good or even maybe be better than than Drew, but just be careful. You hit on it. I, I mean, I'm a huge, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of Locke, and I'm a big fan of Zach Wilson, as I mentioned earlier. I think when all is said and done, he'll be the second quarterback off the board, wherever that may be. But a, a guy who's never taken one snap will never be further along than a guy in his second season in the NFL. It's just what's so. It's a different animal in college versus the pros. It's why they say, you know, Alabama versus the Jets, who would win that game? The Jets would destroy Alabama every time. So Drew Locke, he's been in the NFL. He's taken his lumps. He's going through the progressions of being an NFL quarterback. Zach Wilson looks good in college, but it's a whole different speed. It's a whole different stratosphere. He's going to be a good one, I think, Zach Wilson, but it doesn't mean that Locke can't be either. Tom El Greco up there in Canada. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, if we get the 12th pick, do we take Micah Parsons, guys? I would I would be all about it because, look, I don't think – I think the focus in the early rounds, depending on you know how you have the board, if you're the Broncos, but it needs to be replenishing that defense because they made defense almost their entire focus in the draft, by and large, for probably the majority of Elway's tenure in the front office. That switch, that change in 2018, even though Chubb was the first-round pick – all the offensive picks from Cortland. Uh, then you move on to 20, uh, 2019, you get uh, Noah, then you get Dalton, then you get 
Locke, and then 2020, you get Judy Hamler. Later on, you get Albert O. So the focus has been building that nest offensively. You've got the pieces there. Now it's a matter of developing them and getting them out there. But look at the defense. This is what you saw last week, the defensive um, the holes there that just came out in the wash in a big, bad way. you got to replenish that defense. So if you can get a Micah Parsons at 12, you take that. You don't look that gift horse in the mouth. The only thing I would say is it would depend on if, if Farley was also on the board, but right. I'd probably, I'm probably, I would be stoked if it was Parsons. Did you guys uh, recently see the game that Devin White had uh, for the Bucks, the inside linebacker? It Watching that made me want that type of guy. It, it makes me want that dynamic inside linebacker because we've been saying it for years now. It's the missing piece of this defense. I, I would love Micah Parsons, but my answer is always going to be who else is on the board when they go on the clock there. Is Farley on the board? Is maybe does in some universe, does Zach Wilson fall that far? You have choices you, you can make at that spot, but if Parsons is the BPA, I'm finally taking that inside linebacker, Chad, the dynamic guy, and I'm going to war with him in between Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Can you believe that? Can you imagine how dynamic and lethal that would be in a Vic Fangio defense? Savage Boy Kev, shout out to our Twitch community, which is steadily growing. And so, Kev, we appreciate you joining us and throwing in some comments and questions and whatnot. So welcome and stick around, man. Every every night we stream, which is seven days a week, 6 o'clock Mountain, 7 p.m. Mountain. Uh, we also stream on Twitch each and every time, so welcome and thank you. But his point here is, and people don't realize that if we draft a quarterback, we're still going to have the same coaches and a bad offensive coordinator. So that's another thing to factor into. If you don't have a clear and evident and obvious upgrade opportunity at quarterback, you just, you, Drew, you got to stick it out with Drew. I, I'm going to say this. I, I put it out on Twitter. I'm going to say it again. If Locke goes, I think Pat Shermer has to go as well. Because what is, do you really want to deliver a Fields or a Lance or a Zach Wilson to dot, 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 Pat Shermer of all people, a guy who could not coach Drew Locke, a guy who got fired from the Giants and the Browns, you want him to develop a blue chip first round quarterback? No. If Locke goes, Shermer does as well, bring in a new offensive mind who's more in tune with today's game and build up that quarterback the right way, no matter who it is. Day from Georgia. Another superstar. Good to see you, my friend. Merry Christmas to you. He says, do y'all think we'll draft an inside backer or sign a free agent? And who do you think that would be? No, I definitely think, because look, you got uh, Josie is going to be going in, Josie Jewell contract year. You got an RFA with with Alexander Johnson. And I think Nick Kendall was right. He talked about this last night on Billing the Broncos that, you know, there was some hope that maybe AJ could could take a step forward and, and really kind of, emerge as one of the best off-ball linebackers in the game. But really, he's he's kind of just a, a, I would say, probably average off-ball linebacker with some potential to maybe be a little bit better. And you got Josie going into a contract year. You got to draft a guy, and you got to draft him early. Now, I know you've got Justin Sternod coming back next year, and there are possibilities there, but I'm not – I'm hedging, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm guaranteeing – that I'm going to have an upgrade there and a massive infusion of athletic ability at that position in the draft. We can go through, if we had more time, Dave, we'd, we can go look at some of the free agent inside linebackers next year, and we'll do it later on. But um, for now, my focus, Zach, would be would be draft. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, you can't rely on Justin Sternod because he's he can be a nice depth piece or maybe like a Josie Jewell type starter. I don't see 
uh, you know, Devin White in, in Justin Sternard. I think he's a nice guy to have, but certainly he's like the Malik Reed of the inside linebackers. I want the blue chip guy. And I think the Broncos have waited out long enough and, and ignored it long enough. They can't anymore. I'm with you. Jewel is an average guy. AJ is maybe slightly above average, but he's not that great in pass coverage. I want the three down guy. I want the sideline to sideline guy. If it's Micah Parsons, sign me up. Hey, appreciate you, my friend, Albert Knoppers. I believe the one thing that I wish StreamYard did better, and I'm going to have to look into this once the season starts slowing down and I can look into this, is I wish StreamYard displayed when we get stars on Facebook because when we see, John, anytime a, a comment like this that's on in the chat but it appears blank, it's you, it's stars. It's it's like Facebook's version of Super Chat. So we don't see what it is exactly, but it's stars. So Albert, one of our supporters as well over on Facebook, love you, buddy. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, it's really uh, good to see you. And Christy says, has Zach been good this year, Santa? Here, let me tell you. All right. <laughs> Zach has been a good boy. He's he's going to get some good. <laughs> my gift is a better 2021 and the Broncos back in the playoffs. That's that's my gift. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I can't Meme keep it. a straight face. Meme it, MHH. Get it out there, dude. Uh, Mike Evans, love you, my friend. Good to see you. Merry Christmas to you. Give our best yes. to your family. He says, if we have competition for Drew next year, would you select Jacoby Brissett, Matt Stafford, or draft a quarterback in the first or second round? Um, unless for me, Zach, unless you're getting, tr- unless you have a real shot at Trevor Lawrence, you're just bringing in a, a upgrade as a failsafe backup. And I think right. Kobe Brissett would make a lot of sense for that because he's been down the road. You know, he's played enough in the league to be able to mentor and help him, but he's not necessarily a guy. Anyone in that locker room's going. This is who we should be following, not Drew, because that's something you also have to balance. Even though Drew at this point, like sink or swim, dude, you shouldn't really be tippy toeing too much around you know, uh, how he's perceived and posturing him and propping him up in the locker room. But still, Jacoby Brissett's a guy to keep an eye on because he would make a lot of sense for that role, Zach. Well, I mean, first of all, Matt Stafford, we, we've said this a hundred times. If he comes to Denver by some chance, he's not coming here to compete for a job or to back up Drew Locke. He would be the guy, the starter. I don't know that Brissett, you know, does anything for me. Again, it's like a Jeff Driscoll. If Locke goes down next year, he busts. If the Broncos want to stay afloat with a healthy team, is Brissett going to be the guy to get you those wins? I want a guy who can step in and has some ceiling. Brissett has no ceiling. So I'm probably drafting a quarterback. Doesn't have to be first, second round. Maybe Mac Jones in the third round if he falls. Somewhere in that range. Doesn't have to be a blue chipper, but doesn't have to be someone like Brissett either. I think somewhere in the middle. BG again, man. Wow. Thank you, my friend. He says, Zach, you said it a couple pods ago. Josh Allen probably would have succeeded with this staff. So what's that tell you? Wouldn't have, I think is what he means. A clean house. Do you, do you, do you concur? It it means that coaching is so important for a young quarterback's development. And the quarterback has to have talent for sure. You can't make, you know, I I don't Ryan leaf into a hall of famer, but drew lock has that talent. He has the arm talent. He's shown he can win in this league. And Josh Allen was getting the same criticism that drew lock was inconsistent, mistake prone, inaccurate. And it took Brian Dayball coming in there and the proper coaching staff. And what is he now an MVP candidate, if not a potential winner when all is said and done, the guy is an elite quarterback mostly or, or partly because of coaching. That's, that's the, the, the premise here. Jacob, thank you for the stars on Facebook, my friend. It really does 
it means a lot to us. It's like super chatting on, on Facebook. So really appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. If you have any questions, John will keep an eye out, but we are running out of time. And now that I think about it, did we, I saw one from Dale, a super chat, John, did we get Dale? Oh, here's a question actually from Jacob. Uh, what do you guys think of drafting a, a running back in the second round? Najee Harris or Javante Williams from UNC? I don't know. I was thinking about that today, Zach, that you got a lot committed in Melvin. Uh, we'll see what happens. They, you know, if they end up moving on from him because of his, his contract and because of that um, two game suspension. And then you got a decision to make with Phillip. I still think he gets the RFA tender, Yeah, but you know, you look at some of these young quarterbacks who are thriving this year, right? Uh, including, well, let's Herbert's actually kind of one of the exceptions, but like, look at Baker dominant running game. Uh, look at, uh, look at Kyler uh, Murray productive running game. If you could get, and even look at, at Derek Carr with what's going on with uh, his running back there. If you can get a guy that takes you to that next level, I mean, think of 2016 Dallas with Zeke and Dak. Dak's a young guy. Boom, all of a sudden you're in the divisional round. I can see it, but only if it's the right guy. Like, you don't just do it to draft one. Like, it would have to be a dynamic guy. Harris, maybe. Williams, maybe. But holler at me on that, Jacob, when we're a little bit closer to the draft, and I'll have a more articulate answer for you. But then you look at a player like Allen in Buffalo. I mean, who does he have in the backfield? Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I mean, I would venture to say that Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay are better than them. I mean, you look at Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. He has Miles Sanders and nobody else. You don't need a running game. And for my money and for Chad's money, Philip Lindsay can be that spark. He can be your starter. I think Melvin Gordon, uh, uh, depending on his situation, his legal situation, I think he'll come back probably at his his dollar figure. You have Lindsey coming back. I would say draft a running back, but not in the second round. You need offensive lineman, cornerback, inside linebacker. Those take precedent over a running back to me. By the way, guys, I apologize if you hear a little dog bark here and there. Usually I'm, I'm able to uh, nip that in the bud, but my son just came here and, and they're all excited to see him, my, my 18 year old. So apologies if they're a little excited. Usually we're, we're able to keep that out, but uh, let's grab Dale. Appreciate you, Dale. He says, some want Stafford, but what's the cost? The trade cost plus possible cap casualties with his salary. Simmons, Harris, Lindsey Sutton, right. just I mean, let Lockrow. We feel you, man. That's our. That's pretty much the, the philosophy we have here. You're giving up, let's say, a second-round pick, I would assume, and taking on his contract. Which, what's his cap number, Chad? 18, 20, 25 million? Uh, let's look real quick since we're on the topic. Um, hold on. And then you still have to pay like the question posits. You still have to pay Simmons. You still have to pay Shelby Harris. Uh, you just pay Garrett Bowles. You want to take care of your in-house talent. Sutton's going to come up soon. Bradley Chubb, Von Miller. Why waste that money on Matt Stafford? And that's exactly why. I'm telling you right now. So it would just depend on how much of the contract the Broncos would be expected to pick up in terms of money. He's already been paid that is now inflating his cap number. But his base salary, Stafford, is nine million, nine point five million. But he's got a thirteen million dollar prorated bonus that's fed into the into the number. Plus, he gets a roster bonus, plus a workout bonus. So his total cap number next year, all right, thirty three million dollars. Oh, miss me with that? No way. For what? An injury prone, inconsistent quarterback. You're not even getting an Aaron Rodgers. You pay Aaron Rodgers that money and give up the draft pick. You don't pay Matt Stafford that money. That's ridiculous. Completely. All right, ridiculous. Let me see, uh, John. We have. I'll just tell you what I'm seeing on my side. We've got one more from BG Kenneth, and then two, so two more from BG and Kenneth. And I think we're we're out of here. And let's 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 mow through them because 
we got that one. There's one more after after that that he's talking about. Um, well, it just did a jump. He's talking about developing a young QB with the coaching staff. Okay, here it is. Thanks, BG. Okay, can we develop a young quarterback with this coaching staff? I say no. And if not them, we need a veteran proven quarterback or a coaching change starting with Vic. Vic's not getting moved, guys. There's maybe the outside chance that that they do something different at OC, but honestly, I hate to disappoint those of you who are are pining for it. And again, I've kind of opened up to the idea that it might not be the worst thing to move on from Shermer. But again, Zach, it would come down to really feeling confident that it's an upgrade, not a questionable, well, let's just hope type situation. Yeah, for you guys expecting bloody murder on this coaching staff and house cleaning, uh, I would not hold my breath. Fangio is safe. More than likely, I- I'd say Pat Shermer is safe. Uh, Donatel is staying. Nick Mann should be a goner, and there might be some little tweaks, but from for the most part, it's going to be uh, more of the same in 21. All right. I would love this. He is getting a little long in the tooth. KB, appreciate the super chat. Levante David should be our free agent linebacker. I'd be all over that. I'd be really all over that mm. four years ago. Now I'd still be interested. I'd still be me. interested, but at the right price. You got me, Chad. I thought you were going to be all over it now. And I'm like, you know, I, I want to develop my own Levante David. I, I want to get that young prospect. I don't want to get him at the tail end of his career. I want to get him not even before his prime. So that, that's, I want to get my own guy. So it has to be through the draft. All right. Two more. And then we got to go BG again. Wow. Thank you, my friend. He says, did that Santa hat? Only come with an XXL stash. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My wife found it somewhere. Actually, yeah, my wife found it somewhere. So, uh, Ron Dub, good to see you, my friend. It's been a minute. A superstar, longtime listener, big time member of our community. Merry Christmas to you, by the way, Ron. And yes. uh, welcome. We appreciate everything you've done for us over the last year. You've been a big part of our success, and, and we really appreciate you. And we miss you, my friend. When Some of the here. best questions, Chad, yeah. we get on this podcast, for sure. I only lament that it's at 108 right now, that we're an hour and eight minutes and we get a good question like this. So uh, nevertheless, Ron, better late than never. Appreciate you. He says, hey, guys, if we get a new OC, who would you prefer or recommend? Also, in this new offense, which offensive player would thrive the most? Number three. Uh, Well, yeah, you do it specifically for the quarterback. But we talked about this earlier in the the stream, Ron. Um, You know, really it just comes down to – no no offensive coordinator that currently has a job in the league is looking to make a lateral move to go take another offensive coordinator job with Denver, and especially seeing the turnover that's been in Denver at OC. Like, that's a very prohibitive um, disincentive, right, for anyone even considering it. What you do is you go around the league and you look at the quarterback's coaches for these really successful, cutting-edge offenses out there. And we can put a list together. You know, that's something we'll look at is, is maybe we can – you know, we'll have, I'll have a little time actually um, from Friday, Saturday. And so when we come back Sunday, I'll have a better answer for you on that, Ron. I wonder what Mike McCoy's up to. How about a, a you know a third <laughs> a third strike at the bat? You know, um, look at some of the quarterback coaches around the league. Maybe the quarterback coach for um, the Chargers with Justin Herbert. Look at the quarterback coach in Arizona. Look at the quarterback coach maybe for the Texans with Deshaun Watson. Chad hit it. You don't want to. Uh, a guy's gonna make a lateral move. You don't want an older guy, a has been like Pat Trimmer. You gotta find the ascending Sean McVay types, the ascending Frank Reich and Kyle Shanahan. They're dwindling. They're they're hard to find, but when you find them, it's it's success immediately. This is a name that has been thrown out a few times of late. The current head coach 
or excuse me, uh, offense coordinator in uh, for the CU Buffs. This guy is the type of guy that you would maybe look at because it's either quarterback coaches in the league or head coaches slash offensive coordinators right. that are in Division One that are interested in in moving up the food chain. But this is a former quarterback. You know, he was a fifth round pick in in ninety nine. Went to the Cleveland Browns. Played for the Cowboys, the Falcons as well. And, you know, he's moved around. He's been a coach now since 07. But anyway, he's an interesting guy. We're running late. But uh, promise you on that, Ron, we'll, uh, we'll we'll give you a more detailed answer once we we research it and we can speak better uh, with, with more authority. Yeah. All right, last one. Shout out from Kenneth. Appreciate you, dog. He says, we haven't had a coverage backer since Trevathan. Agreed. Although I would say that, that Brandon Marshall, hmm, maybe not. Marshall was good with Trevathan, uh, but not so good without him, even though he had a couple productive years. But, yeah, that's a, it's a big-time need, Zach. So that's why, you know, you get Micah Parsons in the first round. You do not look that gift horse in the mouth. No more wasting time on the Sua Cravens or the Mark Barons of the world. Get yourself a real traditional three-down sideline-to-sideline off-ball linebacker and watch him thrive in a Fangio defense with this talent, Chad, in front of him and behind him. Hey, John, where's the sweater gifts, man? Let's throw them up there. You got them? Guys, we're out of here. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on Christmas Eve Eve. We love each and every one of you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars, our Facebook supporters, and those of you who have given us stars. We'll call you superstars as well. Albert, uh, let me see, what was the other fellow's name? We got Albert a couple of times showing stars. Oh, wow, Albert, extremely, extremely generous with the stars. We're just going to have to find a better way, John. Help me remember this. We got to find a better way in stream to recognize when we get these stars on Facebook because for whatever reason, StreamYard is not doesn't recognize it. So we're, we're going to come up with a better system. But, Albert, we appreciate you, my friend. Um, those down- sweaters are kind of tough. I like those. Yeah, absolutely. I like the note one. But, hey, you know, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. You're going to see Zach and John tomorrow night. I'm going to I'm going to take the night off. I've got a family thing that uh, you know I'm going to be doing. Obviously, family, Christmas, it's what it's all about. So uh, they'll 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 carry it forward. Ivan, appreciate that, my friend. Really do. That's that's a guy that just gave some stars. Um, so I'll see you guys though on Sunday. All right, with with Zach and and we'll have fun on game day. But in the meantime, boys, hold it down and follow the podcast at Huddle Up Pod. Also the main account at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And the producer, you know him as Buana Beast. On Twitter, it's at John K-M-H-H. That's K-A-Y-M-H-H. So connect with us. We love keeping the conversation going there. Also, get on over to milehighhuddle.com. That's another place to keep it going because we're checking Twitter all day long. We do check in and all that. But we're literally living on the website, milehighhuddle.com. Erasmo, uh, wow, thanks, my friend. Really appreciate that. Support my dog. Um, Merry Christmas to you. So other than that, gang, we love you. Zach, send us off here, and um, you know, good luck tomorrow, and happy holidays to, to you guys. You as well. I just want to say that John and I have no lives, so that's why we're going to be on here tomorrow night, and we hope to uh, interact with a bunch of you. We understand if you guys are busy. If you can, have a moment, jump in, interact with us. We're looking forward to it. Chad, have a very, very happy and Merry Christmas, and I'll see you Sunday, my friend. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.